Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hot round! Red 7! Red 7! Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot round! I don't. What is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob, this is it. The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get you the ball. Are you gonna get me the oh, ball? I'll get you the, oh, get the oh, ball! Oh, 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 oh. I hope he didn't kill somebody. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the fin difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying. I got a whole lot of money, money. Yeah. Yeah. for me. Bottle keep popping that water bath, tracking. It's a party, it's a party, it's a party. Welcome into an eventful edition of Eleven Personnel. I'm Nick Roush with Adam Luckett, where we gotta talk Governor's Cup, we gotta talk recruiting, we gotta talk coaching carousel, and there's a lot, there's a lot of, of meat on each one of those chicken wings, we got some really thick flats, some drums that are just bulging, waiting to be dipped in some sauce like it. And there's there's really no time to waste because we got so much to talk about. You can fill a fine bomb four hour window with the stuff we have today. But these kind of podcasts are this is for our listeners. This is probably your favorite thing we do. So we got a lot of information. We got game recruiting carousel. All of it, we're all gonna we're gonna cover it right now, here today on Tuesday, November thirtieth. A lot has happened since seven thirty on Saturday night. Yes, yes, it is currently noon twenty. Uh, hopefully, this isn't dated. We tried to wait um, till some some dominoes fell, um, but the biggest domino that I think folks were worried about Sunday was the one in Lexington. Mark Stoops uh, sources tell Matt Jones that. Mitch Barnhart and Mark Stoops, they, they've got an agreement in place where facilities... And Jimmy Sexton. <laughs> for facilities, all, all of, everything's good. Mark Stoops is happy to stay at the University of Kentucky. There was a time where he had the second best odds. He was the second choice in Vegas to become LSU's next head coach uh, when Lincoln Riley departed for USC... Gosh, I got to make sure we get these all right. There's a time they thought Lincoln Valley was going to LSU. He ends up at USC, and people think, oh, man, Stoops going to follow, follow Bob's footsteps, go to Oklahoma. Uh, last night, you got the Notre Dame job opening up, but Stoops is staying in Kentucky. Adam Luckett, your immediate thoughts. 
Number one, uh, I have my issues with Mitch Barnhart. There's some stuff he hasn't done well, but give him credit for getting it done. All right. It sounded like he's getting the facility. They're going to get an increase in recruiting budget, increase in support staff budget, increase in probably assistant coach salary pool, plus probably pay raise to Mark Stoops. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of parts right there. I w- maybe we, it was, this should have happened faster, especially with the facility, but it's getting done. Yeah. So he did his job on their end. So good job, UK admin, led by Mitch Barnhart. Second, I think like it's seeming like Stoops was a real candidate for LSU. Now he wasn't at the top of the list, but as they got down, like that was probably a legitimate option for them. Mm-hmm. And then now, luckily, they sw- they swung Look, for the fences. <laughs> luckily, Scott Woodward lived up to his reputation and hired a big name. He goes out and gets Brian Kelly. We can talk about all that, but someone, Nick, has got to go 4-8 and eight in that SEC West. And you look at that coaching mm-hmm. roster, Saban, poor Brian Harson, Sam Pittman's job just keeps getting tougher. Jimbo is recruiting like a freaking maniac right now. And then you've got Brian Kelly coming in there, who's one, who's like 44 and – six over the last five years or something ridiculous at Notre Dame. And then who else am I missing? Oh, Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach. They're there in Mississippi. Yeah. I mean, it's just an insane amount of coaching talent right there. Um, so good luck there. But luckily when the structure at right now, Kentucky really doesn't have to deal with that. You get Leach every year and then uh, a rotating cast. So really, I think it was just good that, that, that Kentucky got this done, handled it. It works out because now they're getting some big recruiting buzz. They're able to tell Mm -hmm. him that he's a candidate. And it's looking like Oklahoma, there's a lot of Brent Venables buzz there. Um, So it's looking like they might not even get down to Mark Stoops, which we talked about privately. That just seemed like a weird fit for both of us. Kind of hard to see that. Yeah. um, You brought up the fact that Mark hasn't really – been on the him and Bob have never really crossed paths, and it would be kind of weird to latch on then. I also thought that well, they had to fire and they had to fire Mike, his brother. Yeah, and then you, you add to that, like part of the one of the perks that Bob had is he could win the Big 12 there. I mean, you just hop into the SEC West to be in a non traditional spot at Oklahoma, like LSU would make sense. You, you have the state of Louisiana all to yourself. Um, you know, the 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 culture fit there with where they have defensive minded coaches too. Like a lot of that made sense um, and would be a reason why you would jump at that job. Oklahoma just didn't, a lot of things just didn't add up. Um, so I'm glad that it got seemingly nipped in the bud rather quickly. Um, I, I, I love to, my brother in law, big Notre Dame fan, was like, giving me hell like oh stoop's gonna go to lsu brian kelly dipsets for baton rouge uh winning his head coach in notre dame history um active most wins among all college football head coaches and there's a lot of kind of triple trickle down effects from this um and the big one the big one is what happens with marcus freeman because we had a report today like the right assistance before. is the big one. That's really going to be the big moving and shaking um, is hiring assistants from different places, people moving and then having to replace staff. Like 
Brent Pry just left Penn State, defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. He's going to be Virginia Tech's head coach. Was reported earlier today on Tuesday the thirtieth. Like Brad White would make a lot of sense mm-hmm. for James Franklin to target, or Tim Banks, who's Tennessee's defensive coordinator, did a solid first year job. He's been Frank, with Franklin for a while. Maybe he tries to bring him back to Penn State. You know, stuff like that. That's kind of the the trickle down effect you're talking about. And got yeah. Freeman's a huge one here. That's the one we probably need to monitor the most yeah. moving forward because it does not seem like Mark Stoops is a candidate at all for Notre Dame. No, like uh, it seems Freeman, Fickle, Campbell, Campbell, and then Pat Fitzgerald. I would say is a wild card. After Throw Jeff Brom in there too. I'm I'm lobbying for him. <laughs> I'm going to be the guy. Get get the good Catholic boy from Trinity. He's well. There's another job. Before. There's another job Jeff Brom might come open for. Ooh. Which one's that? The one right down the road from your house. No, 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 no. We need to keep we <laughs> Scott Satterfield. He just lost his father for crying out loud. Look, and you're gonna talk about it. We gotta keep Scott Satterfield there as long as possible, okay? But, yeah, thoughts and prayers to the Satterfield family. We'll get into all the little stuff. We'll get into that here later in the podcast. But yeah, I think Freeman is one to watch um because of a guy named Emil Wagner for sure. Mm, yep, yep. And Freeman, so the report from the Notre Dame Athletic Journal, uh, whoever that is, said that uh, Kel- Kelly wants to make him the highest-paid defense coordinator in college football at LSU. There was a lot of talk about promoting him within. Samson previously had a report that the, the immediate thought among boosters would be just elevating him because they've got a good base there. And if you could keep a lot of the assistance, that would be the way to go. Um, but we saw Riley. He took a lot of his – uh, support staff with him to USC, yeah. uh, Grinch, uh, the, the, he took the strength and conditioning coach receivers coach. Yeah. Yeah. So he took a lot with him and Freeman's a big piece because yes, Emil Wagner, but just in general, uh, when the athletic did its state of the recruiting thing, where they anonymously talked to a bunch of coaches, et cetera, et cetera, the Ohio one, you didn't get a whole lot of Vince. Like there was some Vince Merrill stuff, but it was mostly about Marcus Freeman and Luke Fickle, uh, especially Freeman. And that 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 one has been kind of a, a thorn in UK side recruiting in that state. If you get him out of there, not only does it help you down the road, but it could bring Emil Wagner back to Kentucky. Best case scenario here, Nick, is Notre Dame just moving on from Freeman and just hiring Campbell because they don't want to wait for Fickle. That gets Freeman out of Notre Dame, keeps Fickle away. Kentucky staff going head to head with whatever staff Matt Campbell has at Notre Dame. Oh yeah, yeah. It's going to be less of a challenge on the recruiting mm-hmm. trail, specifically in Ohio. That would be, I think, that's what you will want. Right, I'm, I'm with you there, especially because he's a bum of a coach too, like total bum who's been tied to every job, but they're just seemingly nothing's come out. You can tell Jimmy Sexton's not his agent. Yeah, <laughs> and all of this, like Billy Napier, just. Florida hired Billy Napier, which would have been – which going into the coaching search, you could have said whoever hired him was going to be the top story of it all. And it's just – no one's even talking about it. Oh, gosh. It happened on Sunday, and then two hours later, Lincoln Rallies is going to UFC, and yeah. no one even cares. So – So, I'm very what, interested what, in him. I want to see the staff he builds because that's really the thing with Napier. He's got deep connections. Every. You know, I really liked him at Louisiana. I thought he did a very good job. And so that's something I'm going to be watching. But, like, 
no one like and then if Venables goes to Oklahoma, that's going to be a bigger hire than that. That's going to get more buzz. I mean, they're just totally getting lost in the sauce down there in Gainesville. Well, one thing that was funny, two things that were funny from Monday is that a lot of the Venable stuff generated more buzz because it was a picture of his kid doing horns down with yeah. DJU, which is just that, that is the that's perfect coaching carousel fodder. Mm-hmm. Message boards, oh, just glorious stuff. And then, uh, the, the other thing that was funny is I was uh, I was looking for Feinbaum does like a weekly hit on Get Up, so I'm trying to figure out where you know what well, is he saying anything about Stoops in Oklahoma or LSU? So I'm I'm trying to go through their one demand on Get Up, which is just a terrible show, by the way. They the ESPN has just trained all of their media people to just scream whenever they talk. <laughs> It's just, this is how we do it. We are going to talk up and down like this and blah, 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 blah. And, and uh, I love that Arlovsky was Mr. Hot Take. Like, um, this is the biggest coaching hire since Nick Saban went to Alabama. And then Fine Mom's like, no, no, the biggest since Urban Meyer went to Ohio State. And then now it's like Brian Kelly winning his coach in Notre Dame ever. Just completely trumps your Lincoln Riley hot takes. Yeah. Completely trumps it. And oh, yeah, we could get Urban Meyer in Notre Dame. Woo! Let's make it happen. Yeah. Let's this make it what, happen. This is when the talking heads start getting into college football and talking about, you know, just you haven't been paying attention all year and they just start talking about <laughs> Even though Orlovsky does a really good job, even though he's mostly NFL. Right. I Can I ask you a quick question, too? Sure. Where did – I had never seen Heather Dinich ever until the college football playoff came out. And then now all of a sudden she's Miss College Football Playoff. Like, what did she do? What are her credentials to become Miss College Football Playoff? Is I'm not she sure. Like, she just has a good relationship with that like committee. The, Bill the Hancock admins or something? It. Yeah, with Bill Hancock. Oh. And so she gets to pretty much just get – she's the first – you know, she gets to go to everything and all that, and she's like – she's missed playoff pretty much. Yeah, which is kind of cr- – I had never heard of her before that, and now she's missed playoff. So good for her. Um, but I digress. Let's get Urban Meyer in the Notre Dame talk. That's – like if yeah. you want to check every single coaching carousel box, we've got – we've had flight trackers. I mean, we've had almost seemingly everything except Urban Meyer. So yeah. let's throw that one in there. Moving forward, I've kind of come to this realization going to SEC games this year. Like, it's going to take some real balls for an SEC AD to hire Stoops away because you got to pay big money. And these fan bases, Nick, they just don't. Yeah. They just, they, they, they look at Kentucky like just a third tier, fourth tier program, look down, snobby, look down on them. And then they just don't want Kentucky's coach. Maybe that'll change if this offense starts cooking. But I'm just telling you, I like I like I just like the LSU thing, I just like it's not happening. They'll have a mutiny if he tries to hire. Like they will go absolutely ape, you know what? Um, Midwest jobs are always the one, but Notre Dame, that's not gonna happen. Like Ohio State, if it opens, he's not getting the Ohio State job. They'll hire yeah. someone else. Yeah. You know, you, then you're looking at like potentially Michigan, Penn State. You know, Iowa to me is the big one. Like, this contract is huge, I think. Like, if they give him this 10-year deal and he's making $9 million or whatever or up towards that, I just don't – like, it just – it's. I'm not saying it's a slam dunk. He's staying here until he retires, but that's a huge step in that direction to well, me. Because these last two years I felt like were the years. If you get through this, you're pretty close. Iowa's yeah. the one big one because of the connection. 
But if you, if you, if you pay, if you pay a certain amount where it's just, they're not willing to go that high, you know, now we'll see what the, how everything shakes out and what, but it, it seems like it's going that direction. That Kentucky's the, locking him up until retirement. There, there's two things. One, this is, we've been talking about this for a while. Like I think ever since, you know, first year doing this podcast during the offseason, it was like, if you can get through this one by holding on to Stoops, it kind of feels like a breaking point. Either he's going to make one more big move or he's ready to be the best coach that ever coached at the University of Kentucky. He's only three wins away from surpassing Bear Bryant right now. And if Mitch locks him up, then uh, – you, you could see Barnhart getting another year or two or so. I know he signed some extension, but you could see him getting another year or two and then retiring with right. Cal and Stoops still holding down the fourth. The new AD just has to deal with them for a couple of years or so. Um, and hell, they'll, pro- they'll probably, Stoops will probably have a lot of input as to who becomes the AD at that point as well. Uh, so getting what he needs to stay here is important, especially for the cycle. And I think it is a great, you're in a great spot as a Kentucky fan because it's kind of like what Schwarman said before that Tennessee game last year. They don't respect you. They don't respect it Kentucky. That, it drives it them crazy. I went down to South Carolina this year, and uh, it's just like they just don't care at all. Like they, they, they just ignore everything. Everything that's gone on in their program, they don't care. They think every year they should beat Kentucky. When they write out the schedules in Columbia, South Carolina, Jimmy Gamecock is writing W by Kentucky every year. It 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 just it it baffles me. But that's just kind of where it is, and I, that I think that's going to be a good thing. That combined with how this has been a slow build, mm-hmm. you know, they hit some bumps in the road, had to yeah. adjust. You know, it's setting up to be a really great thing, and I just hope like lock them up. Like, keep this staff in here. We can talk about John Summerall and Troy. I know you've dug into that a little bit. Yes, yes. But if you get Summerall up to, like – Summerall's making six fifty right now. Last coach at Troy, I think, made seven fifty to $800. It, it was, it was six fifty. I looked it up. They, they made they made the same salary this year. They both each made up, six seventy five. You get him up to eight twenty five. he's going to have to take a pretty good pay cut to take that job. Yeah, and from my understanding, there hasn't been a – there hasn't been contact or anything made, and I don't, I don't get the sense that Summerall is looking for an out by any means. Like there, there's not some sort of urgency. He's got a good thing going at Kentucky. It's his alma mater, and even though Troy, on paper, makes a lot of sense. Like for guys like Feldman and Thamel who do coaching search stuff for a living, it's like, oh, former guy that was there did everything. He's got ties there. Like this makes perfect sense for him to become a head coach. And even though it makes sense, the timing probably doesn't make sense. He's due for a new contract. The, the, the deal runs up um, this summer. So he's going to be getting a new deal regardless. Which is part uh, of that, I think, getting more money. Yeah. So you can. was part of that. Right. Bigger, so you can pay him more. Mm-hmm. And so you can be competitive with. And how much are they paying Cohen right now? Like 500? They'll probably up that up to 750, right? Yeah, it's a little more than it was like six hundred, I think. Um, let me look at that. No, it was like it was seven fifty. Was it was. I'm pretty sure. Okay, yeah. well that that's a little bit more than I expected. I guess well, you got to pay him more than your seven fifty twenty twenty one seven seventy five twenty twenty two. They yeah. just need to go ahead and bump that up. Let's make just it get, to me. Just get the coordinators in a million. Every other, you know, like over half the coordinators SEC are already there. Like get to the market rate, 
Yeah. Plus this money coming in with the TV contracts, you know, when the CBS stuff ends and it's all ESPN, it's just going to be, they're making, you know, so much hand over fist. I don't want to hear excuses about money. Just get the stuff done. Uh, you know, if there is any problems with money, I think a couple $8 beers would help pay for that pretty quickly. Couldn't hurt. Yeah, couldn't hurt one bit at all. Uh, so that's kind of the, the latest on the crazy coaching search. Um, I'm trying to think of the content has just been magnificent. It's just, it's been outstanding. Oh man. The the tweets, especially Brian Kelly, just nobody just comes off as more of a smug jerk than him. I mean, he fit Notre Dame to a T LSU. That's going to be a different culture shock. And I saw, I saw one picture like, yes, I would like one poor boy, please. Yeah. (laughs) Poor boy. <laughs> Poor boy sandwich. Oh, man. But it also might be just what they need after the last few years. Yeah, true, true. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I'm selling this for a lot of people, but culture doesn't matter if you're winning. That's you know? true. Or like culture fit, excuse me. Culture in your program matters, but culture okay. fit. No one cares. Today's episode is brought to you by our good friends, over at Prospects. There isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team than by playing daily fantasy with our friends at Prospects. It's the simplest form of real money with daily fantasy sports. Just you against the numbers. Pick your favorite players, pick over or under, parlay them together, bada boom, bada bang, money in your pocket. Use the promo code PERSONNEL and you can double your deposit. An instant 100% bonus up to $100 on that first deposit. So just download the app or go to prizepicks.com. Use the promo code personnel today. And today's the best play, best time to play because on Taco Tuesday, they're giving you player rates at a discount, a steep discount. So what are you waiting for? Go over on to prizepicks.com. Use the code person, personnel and play prizepicks today. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Here's the question. We uh, uh, Coaching carousel question for you. We got a lot of 10-year deals out there. Who lasts longest at their destination? Brian Kelly, Lincoln Riley, Napier. And we'll go ahead and we'll throw – we'll just say Venables goes to Oklahoma for – Craps and giggles. Who lasts the longest? Who lasts the longest? And the other, do any even make it more than five years? Lincoln Riley was at Oklahoma for five. I think that pattern repeats itself at USC. He goes five and then goes to the NFL. Okay. I think that's what he's going that, for. That sounds – I can I can get on board with you there. So, knowing life in the SEC, something tells me a job will be shorter than that. So we've got well, we got Billy Napier, Brian Kelly, mm-hmm. and who's the other one? Uh, well, Venables, Oklahoma. See, I like all these guys. I think all, all of these are good hires, but 
the math tells you if you pick a group, yeah. one of them's at least going to fail. I have a feeling that Kelly is going to be like a four. He's going to have one team that's yeah, should, that's a that's safe gonna, pick. That's going to win a title, and then I could see that, and he just retires and he's done with it yeah. because of the recruiting in the SEC. You know, you bring Oklahoma, yeah. Texas. Like I over. say, with with all these, I don't like to grade coaching hires until I see the coordinators. Especially with a guy like Venables, first time being a head coach, if he messes that up, yeah, and he doesn't get a good offensive deep trouble. Guy. Yeah, yeah. But I would say Napier just because the Florida job—that is what it is. I mean, Urban Meyer only lasted six seasons. You know, mm, yeah. we act like Spurrier was there forever. He was there for twelve years, which is which forever. Is a, a, <laughs> you know, which is a long time, but it's not like you know something crazy long. How many coaches has Scott Strickland hired? He hired Dan Mullen at Mississippi State, and then hired Dan Mullen again. But it was, but he was just Mullen. I don't he, actually know if he even hired Dan Mullen at Mississippi State. But did he hire Michael Wayne at Florida? No, Jeremy Foley hired him. Okay, because I was going to say it feels like he's been through a lot of. Uh... Jeremy Foley wouldn't interview Dan Mullen because he thought he was a prick. <laughs> <laughs> well, might have been because on of what of his time at um at at Florida before. Oh yeah, so uh, yeah, Foley hired Muschamp and McElwain. Yeah, and Strickland fired McElwain right away because there, there's there there is like a you should only have a finite amount of coaching hires as an athletic director. That that should just be uh if you do well, you probably move on to other places. But at one destination, like. Four football coaches is a lot. Like that just means you're you're getting the wrong guys, or you're doing so well that they're going different places, like the Arkansas State or whatever. Where they- Greg Byrne hired Dan Mullen at Mississippi State and then left, and then gotcha. Strickland took over at Mississippi State in 2010. So he pretty much worked with Mullen his whole career at Mississippi State before going to Florida in 2016. Gotcha. I, I also like to the quote that Strickland sat down with Napier and. He he ended the search right there. He knew he had his man. So if it, that's that's a get in, fun, get in and out, brother. Don't mess around. That's that's good for now, bad for later. Um, but we do have to also we tipped our cap to Mitch Bar- Barnhart. Got to tip your cap to Woodward because he was going to make a splash, and by God, he, he made a splash all right. <laughs> no doubt. Oh man, that should that was... be. I'm I'm excited for that press conference. That should be fascinating. <laughs> I wonder if they got any guys like we, we got in Lexington, like the dude who asked about like the concession stands at Kroger Field. Um, yeah, they I'm got sure to they down do. at LSU. Yeah. I'm sure they do. And all the national folks will be there. That, that should be a scene. Did we hit all of your coaching carousel bullet points like it? Yeah. Rich Rod. Oh, good job. Yeah. Jacksonville State. So that's obviously they're going FBS in 2023. So he's got one season FCS and then he'll be. Up in the big time. Ooh, well, big one we missed too. That would be a big deal any other time. Mike Bobo out at Auburn. Yeah, which, that's another one. I was going to tie that into recruiting here later, but yeah, that which we can go ahead and we can make yeah. that our segue. Why the yeah. heck not? Because and that I, was a significant coup to be able to for Brian Harson to pull Mike Bobo from South Carolina. Paid him a uh, lot of money. Yeah, a lot of money to get him off of Shane Beamer's staff and. Auburn's like, well, we got to fire somebody, so we're going to fire Bobo. I know that – which 
it's it seems surprising to me like it because I mean I guess Bigsby didn't have the year that you wanted, but Bo Nix played the best football he's ever played. Yeah, he did. and now our guys at Auburn Live on three um, go follow Justin Hawkinson down there. He does great work. He was one that broke the news. Uh, is talking about Bo Nix contemplating maybe entering the portal. So like I I I'm shocked, but I'm not because it's Auburn. But at the same time, like that, it's just I think Harson's a good coach, but it. Uh, it's just not – it just seems like it's not working. The fit's weird. He's been weird about COVID. Hate him wanting to begin with. The Washington job's not, open. Well, not anymore. They hired Kalen DeBoer from Fresno State. God, I didn't even know that that happened. Yeah, yeah. that that's another – things have been moving. I like that so guy he's, too. He's – yeah, he, he's a good play caller. Bring Jake Hayner back to Washington. <laughs> So with with Harson, it's just it seems like the writing's on the wall there, man. I I mean, we'll see what he does. I don't know. I, like I said, I think he's a good coach, but that just it's just not working. Fish out of water kind of thing. Be a good year to have Auburn on your schedule next year. Fortunately, Kentucky's getting Ole Miss. Um, but who knows if Miami opens, that might be a different coach there in Oxford. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we haven't gotten the Lane Kiffin buzz. Like, there's his name's been out there, but it has there hasn't been any legit buzz yeah, anymore. I kind of dug in yesterday, and Football Scoop was the first one to really hammer on Brian Kelly. That they're making a major push for him, and they made it sound like they if he didn't get Kelly, and they were going to probably make if they didn't get Kelly, they're probably going to like make me make another swing for Jimbo again. If that didn't happen, they were probably just going to hire Lane Kiffin. That was probably their fallback plan. They didn't want to do it, but that was probably where they were going to land. And that Stoops was back there, but it probably wasn't going to happen. Um, that Stoops was, I guess, hap- like happy with where he was at. and made it sound like maybe he wasn't pursuing it as hard. But, like, with Mark, I think it probably matters. Like, he doesn't want to be, like, the seventh option higher, I feel like. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, but we saw that at Florida State last in the last search. He backed out of it pretty quick. It seems like he wrapped this one up pretty – I mean, Saturday they had it wrapped up according to Matt's report mm-hmm. um, on Tuesday. So, and so. I, and, and to your point about Lane, uh, that we just have to remember through all out all this, it's fun to see him picking games on college game day. It's fun to see him on Twitter. But that scares a lot of boosters off, um, a lot of big money, big money moving shakers. So, as much fun as he is to mention in all these coaching searches – um that's the 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 part where we have to remember where he he can really his options are limited it's limited to renegade programs like Ole Miss like Miami's you know Mm -hmm. and like to the point that even LSU is kind of like I want to see Lane without Matt Corral personally like what does this look like next year offense if he doesn't if they don't really hit on quarterback you know the defense did make some strides this year under Durkin Mm -hmm. but Jeff Levy's being rumored as potential offensive coordinator for Venables at Oklahoma, that would be a big loss. So, I mean, we'll see. Um, hopefully, they do miss on quarterback because Kentucky's rolling into Oxford <laughs> for Saturday in October. It, it's for the, shocking. That, that this... is the 11 personnel road trip. Let's go oh, ahead yeah, and yeah. lock it in. Yeah, lock it up. Um, it's shocking that that was Ole Miss's first 10-win season. Couldn't believe that. Um, couldn't believe that. But um, we mentioned Mike Bobo. We didn't mention that his termination comes with a nice little caveat. 
his right. son, Drew Bobo, four-star offensive tackle recruit that Kentucky was in the mix for as well as I think George and a couple other places. But ultimately, he decided to play for his dad. Strong relationship with Eric Wolford, by yes. all accounts. The, the two worked together at South Carolina the previous season. Um, so, you know, it would make sense that he would want to yeah. play for his guy. Mike um, Bobo is going to be an analyst at Georgia come Christmas. It's going to be college be buddies, Muschamp, Kirby, <laughs> just brawling around the streets of Athens. And if Georgia's got a scholarship, he's going there, I would assume. It's just what, what is their class look? I don't know what their numbers look like over mm-hmm. there. Right, if right. That doesn't happen. I think probably Kentucky's got as good a shot as anyone to probably mm-hmm. land them. Um, and that's just that's going to be the thing there um, to watch. And if Kentucky, if they really push for him, I mean, if you get Keontae, and you know, you could get a Wagner back on. There's a lot of moving parts here, but that's going to be a name we're parts. definitely going to monitor over the next couple of weeks. Which and there's another Auburn commitment, Nick. Mm-hmm. I think you've been digging on a little bit. Yeah, uh, Jacoby Albert. Uh, an Auburn wide receiver, 5'11". He was up at UK over the summer. I, I, he did not use his official visit then. He's already burned it to Auburn. And I think Kentucky's going to try to get him up here for another official visit. He's one to, to keep a close eye on. And and that – I went think Maryland, Michigan, Auburn. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if he took one in season. Uh, the big – you mentioned the moving part. So, right now – Kentucky has how many commitments? 18 commitments. And there's just a lot of moving pieces here on what you want, what you need to prioritize down the stretch. Uh, Stoop spent his first day on the road recruiting, uh, going after a cornerback that was previously off our radar, Igbunison, um, up in New Jersey. He's the top-ranked player in the state of New Jersey, a 6'2 cornerback. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I forgot his first name. Uh, Davison. Davison. There we go. Davison Igbunison. Oh. Uh, and so it, it was a Brad White recruiting trip. Brad went with Stoops up there, and then they stopped to see Tyrese Fearbury, the edge that's committed to UK, who – Pittsburgh. Uh, Pitt, Pittsburgh and Penn State are kind of pulling at. And then they also saw uh, Deion Walker, the defensive lineman, up in Michigan. So there's three big fish right there, two of which are uncommitted. Um, you're, you're working on this Auburn kid to flip. I think they've got another kid they're working on uh, in the South. And then there's just – there's a lot of kind of lines out there right now, Luckett. There's a lot of lines out in a lot of different pools. And you got to be careful on who you take. I don't know how they have these conversations with some of these kids. Um, but, like, particularly at receiver, how, how many did you get in the last class? Four or three, I guess, without Devontae Ross? Right, right quick. I think it's just three. One. Um, Dekel, Chris Lewis, Chauncey Magwood. So you had three in the last class. You've got three committed right now. Four, excuse me. Um, and so – and you've also got Taj Harris, a fifth, in the transfer portal that's committed. And now Jordan Watkins is in the transfer portal. And I've always been under the impression that UK – had a transfer portal wide receiver in mind, and it wasn't Jordan Watkins. Yeah. So, like, there's a lot of options out there. Yeah. And so right now, Kentucky's got 12 receivers on the roster on scholarship. Josh Ali's gone. I would assume Isaiah Epps is gone. Wondell Robinson's gone. So that's that gets them down to nine. And then, I guess Cleavon Thomas has a decision to make. Uh, um, he's, it, he's and then, gone, I think. Okay. Yeah. And then, well, that would get them down to seven because that's even counting Devontae Ross. 
Yeah. He's, Seven he's receivers. Too. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and then take Hay Crims, I think, is a potential portal candidate. A candidate. I'm wondering about Brandon White because – Well, that's what like- I was going to – I was going to get to, Nick, like – there's some guys in this class I wouldn't be surprised if they move on from. Like if some of these big if they're in position to get some big guys, whether in the portal or on the recruiting trail. Especially in White's case. Like he didn't play his senior year because of like an opt-out or something. Like that's kind of weird. Um uh, yeah. so I don't know. There's some weird stuff there. I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a decommitment or something like that I'm late. Um I mean, how much do they then- love Jordan Anthony? Right. Um, and then you get to Jordan Watkins, where I think there is some like UK's got to figure out do we want to do this? They got to figure out their numbers. Yeah. Um, because I think they've always liked Jordan. Uh, and but he's good numbers a, this year. Yeah. Solid numbers in his second season, a true sophomore. So he's got some experience. He's got some time. You know that he can play at a decent level. I don't think you're ever expecting him to be your wide receiver number one by any means, but he's a burner. Um, a returner. It would be a nice dig, a real nice dig at Louisville to take away their best receiver, which somebody said he did. He wasn't their leading guy in yards. I guess somebody had more catches. He was a leader in yards. Marshawn Ford led him in receptions. Got you, got you. Um, now, Mike Rutherford wrote this morning that Louisville was making a big push to like in the marketing department of him being kind of the face of the program. Local kid, he was on videos and all mm-hmm. that kind of you know, all that stuff they do before the season. Yeah. And then Jody Dimling reported last night, seemed like on their board, on the 247 board, that's kind of people are screenshotting it now on Twitter. That that no he was expecting no one no uh, big name significance to transfer. And then yeah. Dave Blackford around the same time apparently reported that it's happening. <laughs> and then of course Watkins has got the aspirations, Ty. Keontae Goodwin tweeted out a pic. Save yourself, bro, with a picture <laughs> of him and Watkins. And so, and apparently, like, he's buddies with, like, Carrington Valentine. Yeah, yeah. And all the other guys that 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 worked out there. Isaiah Cummings, what, you know. Elijah Reed. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. one to watch. Like, to me, like, you're not enamored with him, I would say, as a player. But it's probably worth – he's a solid player. Keep that aspirations pipeline running. Can't hurt with a good one recruitment. Take a dig at UofL. Take a shot at another jab at UofL when you got them already in the fetal position. So, here's my 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 galaxy brain idea. Like it. They Because, they you know, they've got a good enough relationship with him where Stoops is kind of texting him, talking smack after Louisville games. You know, we had that – exchange from a year ago there's there's of course no water under the bridge or what like nobody cares that he was talking about the blocking thing hell Wyndale was giving them hell at the time on that tweet thread as well about blocking at uk and he's turned out fine at kentucky i think the 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 big thing that we've got to remember here is a lot of this is about timing the ncaa passed a rule that allows seven transfer portal exemptions to your scholarship limit, but the timing, it has to be when I think the, to get that exemption, your guys have to leave after signing day. So we've already seen two guys hit the portal and Jake Pope and Nick Scalzo. You can get up to seven guys, but I think they have to leave after December is it 
18th this year? Whatever day oh, it's it is. the 15th. Am I wrong on that? Yeah. Uh, it's the, the first 15th. is the Wednesday. So, yeah, signing day is the 15th. Okay. So, it'll be – I think the key is just saying, Jordan, it'll be cool, but we got to wait until after signing day. And then come on, hop on board. And then that can be a fun – because I want to say that they, they waited for Luke Fulton to do that as well yeah, last year. they did. They announced it on signing day. Yeah, so I have a feeling that it, it could be something like that where this new rule could allow you to to not feel so bad when you've got a bunch of receivers taken in, you know, uh, two or three transfers at that position um, instead of just one or two. So uh, yeah. something certainly we've got to monitor or look forward. Yeah. But, uh, and there seems I, to be kind of a secret name that they're trying to keep quiet. I know. I'm, 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 I, I don't know who it is. That's going to go on the board at some point. He's so got to be pretty damn good if, you know. So, right. So we need to monitor. We need to monitor that. And so, like I talked about, you fix your problems through recruiting. Um, this is one um, that, that, that the position of strength, I think, is the receiver position is going to be moving forward. And you get into thinking about next year, like Will Levis and what they have coming back on offense potentially. You got, got to – find some fixes on the offensive line, obviously, but I mean, you're going to have weapons and a quarterback and a proven play caller. I mean, get excited. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like a season. Like if you were ever going to do the whole 12 games, like if that's ever a thought process for you, this is one you might want to consider. You got a quarterback, got proven play callers on both sides. going to have a lot of returning pieces. Some fun road trips. Going to be a big Something one. To think about. Something to think about. And we could be taking a bull trip to Orlando where we could be enjoying some oranges. I saw Drew scattered some oranges on the Thanksgiving table, the KSR Thanksgiving <laughs> table. And I was like, what is he doing? Like, Kentucky's not going to the Centrus Bowl. Coach O goes and gets a big win. Texas A&M yep. kind of opens the door. Arkansas ended up finishing third in the West. Yeah, playoff rankings come out tonight. That's kind of important. Like, if Kentucky's ahead of both, of, then it's a lock. There's no way they could, I don't think, pick them above. But if it's, you know, if I just, I think for them, get ahead of Arkansas would be huge, or getting ahead of AM would be huge because I think they'd be a better draw. Then it starts to get hairy. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt reported the other day, I think Iowa was the big one to watch. I think they're going to want the Iowa Kentucky matchup. Yeah. And if Iowa loses to Michigan, they're going to the Citrus Bowl. Now, if they beat Michigan, they're going to go to the New Year's Six. Um, so that's something to watch there. Man, that, and also, like, well, we, we know how the bowl stuff goes, but, but Kentucky's got the best record, conference record this year. So they should have um, some leverage down there in Birmingham. So wherever they want to go. I mean, I don't like, I think Outback and Citrus are about the same to me. I know Citrus pays a little bit more money. Mm-hmm. It's an hour later kickoff. On New Year's Day, ABC, a little bit bigger audience. You know that's important. I would, um, I would also just like I went to Universal last time. It'd be fun to go to Disney. I haven't done that in a long time, so Citrus sounds good to me. Uh, I would also like to say that I'm all for uh, an Iowa matchup. Um, uh, just bring it. It's on. a good matchup for Kentucky. I, I was looking at some of the numbers last night. Oh my God, Iowa's offense is putrid. It is so bad. bad. Yeah, they're going to score. It's all about turnovers. Touchdown. Turnovers are special teams. That's where if you play on the draw, <laughs> if you can play on the draw there, you're going to beat them. But if you don't, that's how they win games. Um, which, by the way, 
that game they won against Nebraska. That is the most Nebraska football was. It's the most Nebraska Iowa game ever. <laughs> God, I loved. Oh man, Bet- betting against Nebraska never felt so good as in that game. Because even with the big lead, you're just like, oh, they'll find a way to mess this up. And sure enough, a safety and a blind punt. I know. Oh, but you know what? It was made much- four four field goals over forty yards or something. I was kicker. Oh man, it wasn't as much of a. Iowa-Nebraska game as it was a Kentucky-Louisville game in the Governor's Cup where that's what this series is now. It's just Louisville fans think they can win, and then Kentucky goes out and beats the hell out of them. We said litmus test on the podcast. I was having conversations in the parking lot with some Kentucky people, and it was just like, you know, we just don't see how they could win this game. Like, stuff would have a lot of stuff would have to break right for Louisville for, for Louisville to beat Kentucky. And they didn't. I mean, it had kind of the same same thing played out. Like, Louisville had really stopped the run well this year, Nick, all things considered. Haven't given up over 200 yards rushing in a month or two months. Um, no one had ran over 206 against their defense. And Kentucky goes out and runs for nearly 400 yards. <laughs> they went out and made them quit. I mean, they, they, they literally went out there and made Louisville quit. And that's just oh, – it's damning if your rival's making you do that. I mean, that's a scary place to be Mm -hmm. in a rivalry. And some of the, you know, you mentioned the the, the rushing aspect of it, but like some of the sets that Louisville was in where it's just like, well, I I mean, I'm not a, a football Frank over here, but I can see that I, Oh, there's nobody over there. Let's run the damn ball right there. Like, yeah, I was a little pro- surprised by that because they've been pretty sound all season. I think Brown just didn't think Levis. He was just de- he just didn't think Levis would hurt him with the legs. And oh, golly, oh, he did. They certainly didn't think that because that's they said it. So after the game, Scott was like, eh, "We didn't know he was that good." Uh, well, he's leading. He's leading Kentucky in rushing touchdowns now. Yeah, and Louisville's <laughs> free safety, can Derek Duncan. Um, it's a nice looking player. 6'3", 225, Georgia Southern transfer. They roll him into the box. He's really important to them. You go back, he was bad in that game. I mean, he was missing tackle. He missed the tackle on Levis in the pocket for the sack. On both the draws, he took bad angles to the ball. On that big Chris Rodriguez run, that should have been an eight-yard gain. He should have got him on the ground and said he takes a bad angle. So, he like to me, it seemed like they were keying on him to make a lot of plays for him. Mm-hmm. And he just didn't. And then Louisville's small defensive line just got bullied again by Kentucky's offensive line. And Kentucky had the better players, and that showed up on well, Saturday. And then they – the game ended, Nick, when Malik Cunningham pushed or grabbed Vito Tisdale going out of bounds. And Louisville got chippy there. But from that point – you never – it was over. Like, Louisville yeah. just kind of, like, melted in the moment. And, like, Malik Cunningham kind of lost his cool. Like, if you go back and watch that, he got really inaccurate the last couple of drives. Maybe emotions had something to do with that. Oh, he smacked Vito on that. Uh... Smacked Vito the next – like, two plays later. Yeah. And, like, the game was kind of over after that. He goes out for a play because his hands hurt. On a possession, come yeah, back he, one play later. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you had the speed option too that Josh Pascal. It was um, Pascal making that place like that all season. 
Okay, so do you remember the – this is a very old throwback. Do you remember the Kitty Cannon game, like the computer game? Did you ever play that? Uh, not off the top of my head. It was like an E-Bombs World type game where you just tried to launch a cat as far as you could, and it would hit like bombs and explode and go farther. And it was really dumb, really childish. Great way to kill some time. Look it up. You'll, 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 you'll spend at least five minutes playing this dumb game. That's what it reminded me of because when Josh Pascal hit his ankle, Cunningham just like flipped and like it was, blah! I mean, he yeah. just went everywhere. We're like five yards back. And that play really, uh, I mean, they, they got the stop before, but Louisville, I mean, they only had four possessions in the first half. You had the score on the first drive is a good scripted play. Then you get, uh, it wasn't, it was the, the stop on fourth down, a three and out. And then Pascal forces the field goal there right before half. They miss the kick and a chance to make it a game in the middle eight. Instead, you do what you did in 2019 and you get a stop and you go run it right down their throat. I mean, Kentucky won situational football, dominated on third and fourth down, dominated in scoring opportunities. For the game, Louisville had six scoring opportunities, only scored 21 points. Kentucky scored 45 on seven. Um, Kentucky really had 10 drives in the game. They scored touchdowns, or they scored on eight of them. It's pretty good. <laughs> Just like in that game, though, they broke serve. You know, you had to kind of keep up with Kentucky until you could kind of settle in and figure out. Kentucky got the stops, the situational stops, and then on offense they converted when they had chances to score. I think getting that field goal was huge, mm-hmm. that 42-yard field goal, because you got that stop. You're up 14-7, third possession. You don't bog down. You go and get points, extend the lead to double digits. You come out, get a three and out, and go down and score again. I mean, the game's over. Mm-hmm. And so, like, in a limited possession game like that, that, if you execute like that, you can blow out. But that's a lot of reasons why, at the same time, Stoops wins these one-possession games. And not instead of winning by 17, they win by, you know, eight. Because just, just the game, they the game is shrunk. It's shorter. Yeah, I mean, but it, in this scenario, Kentucky just executed – and they were just really sharp on offense, and the defense made key stops when they had to. There's also an element to like it where you take out the kind of X's and O's factor of it, and we, and we saw this all rivalry weekend. Rivalry games, they've, they've got a lot more emotion attached to them, and Kentucky harnesses that emotion and uses it to their advantage. You saw it on the Wildcats' second drive of the second half when Louisville almost just gave up tackling. Just seemingly, like, you you can just see it. You can feel it. You can sense it in their defense where they've just kind of waved the white flag. In these games, you got to be able to bounce back from craziness, from, from big ups, from big downs. And it feels like Kentucky just has the has handed them some emotional baggage <laughs> and i mean it's uh it's crazy it's it's crazy i i i did not think that we've seen the rivalry swing back and forth but i never thought i'd see a day where kentucky just held the upper hand emotionally and really for the lack of a better term they've got love about the balls right now and they aren't letting go yeah, uh, just breaking this up right quick. Uh, Maggie Davis, friend of the program, yeah, just tweeting out breaking. Mark Stoops is staying at Kentucky. He's agreed in principle to contract extension pending signatures. 
contract will run through June 2028. Boom. So there you Boom. go. What was it previously? It was just the automatic renewal. I think it was through 2017. Yeah, so he gets another year. It'll be. I wouldn't um, be surprised if that goes away, Nick. That automatic renewal. If they just give him big money, ten year. Yeah. And then go from there. Yeah, I um, I'm curious what the buyout numbers are because they got rid of those in the last one. Um, so something to monitor there. Yeah. That's, so we need to see the terms, but yeah, it's looking good over here in Bluegrassland. But yeah, back to the Louisville game. They just um. And there was a moment in the game where I wrote something on a notepad and I just pointed it to you. I mean, that's all they get. the game every year is this. It's signing day. Because in the thing about rivalries games, you get the team's best shot. You know, especially with how the schedules work out more often than not. Both like both teams had a had a glorified scrimmage the week before. Mm-hmm. So you get really both teams had two weeks to get ready for this game, to get healthy, get their guys back, and get ready to rock. Like Louisville had some players out for the flu. They got look, look, seemed like they got all those guys back. Like Kentucky got Jordan right back. Marquand McCall was another week ahead. But it does like when you, but you're getting the best shot. So when that happens, the team with the best players is just going to win. And Kentucky just, they just, they know they have Louisville's number and they just come after them. And Louisville just, they just for the second year or second game in a row, they weren't even close to ready for the fight. And that's that's like what is Satterfield doing? How did he not have them ready? Now I know his dad died, and I hate hate that for him, him and his family. Thoughts and prayers to them. But they just weren't like when adversity hit, they just folded like a cheap tent. And that that's a dangerous spot to be in a rivalry. I mean, and for Kentucky, it's great. I mean. Like, I love watching games in the box. It's probably my one of my favorite things about this job. Get to hear the, the stats over the bo- over the intercom, the live feed. You get food. It's, you know, the, to see the game from that angle is awesome. Mm-hmm. But that was a moment, if you're, like, a Kentucky supporter, like, being there yeah, would have just been awesome. Oh, like, that throwing hells down, drinking the cold Bud Lights. And I, I heard you talk about uh, the hells down. But to me, Nick, that is the coolest thing. <laughs> we have ever this fan base this university has ever done i mean just old white men out there throwing l's down will levis just looking like uh like he's going through a wrestling promo counting his touchdowns not one not two not three four oh man just i just and then just kicking louisville's ass like that i know like a lot of people probably listen to this podcast, didn't grow up maybe eastern part of the state. I mean, you don't like Louisville's a big rivalry, but it's not crazy. But where we grew up, I mean, that's yeah, that's it. And I've had to hear about Louisville's football program. Like it's you know, like they've won the CUSA <laughs> superior program. You know what the thing that annoyed me the most, like it is that we've been hearing like the the tale as old as time since I was. Old enough to argue UK U of L in third grade was yeah well you all don't play anybody in Conference USA and they go back to that stupid well before the game this year it's like it doesn't matter you all stink you're not good no. you don't have the players and I don't I didn't know how any other way to convey it. like look at your talent on your roster you just don't have it it's not there the players aren't there 
And you know what? We're going to tell you about it. We're going to kick your ass. And then we're going to shove these L's down all up in your face. And man, having Vito walking around with just them blaring all over the place. I mean, it was just, oh man, it was so funny. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was a ton of for fun. Any lo- like for any Kentucky fan that's grew up in this area, like, and especially a football fan, like that is the, I mean, it's the sweetest. It doesn't get any sweeter than these last three years. Just, just beating the hell out of Louisville. <laughs> and it's just oh, like, man. and now like, and even this year, like the whole strength, strength of schedule, the, the talking about um, how Kentucky doesn't need, how they need to play, you know, telling Kentucky how to get like global people telling Kentucky how to schedule, like, like Kentucky hasn't sit here for 40, 50 years and taking these beatings. Like telling telling Kentucky, oh, you need to do it this way. Like through six years of ACC, and they want, and some people want to tell Kentucky how to operate. <laughs> no, we've been in this. Oh. We've been in this uh, this this bunker for fifty years. We know, like, we know what we're doing over here. Like, we're not out here, you know. We we know how to operate in a space. And Kentucky just sent the release out, Nick. Yeah, I, 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 I read it. Uh... They they kept the automatic escalators in there, so okay. guaranteed extension. I thought that for might go out. A seven win season, and then a two year extension for a ten win season. So it takes into account the current nine win campaign. The release does not uh, share the amended terms until yeah. they're signed. So we don't know about buyouts and money and all that sort of stuff. But um, sure, it'll be. Pretty, pretty pretty nice good. for old Mark. So good, anyway, good for Stoops. Was, Glad this is got done. Back to little, that just made it so sweet. I mean, I just I don't understand that. That gets on my nerves. The whole, uh, the whole like I'm telling like they didn't beat anybody. Louisville played a tougher schedule. I just that was just it blew my mind. Blew my mind. And like I said, man, no one cares that LSU and Florida went six and six. They do not care. No one cares. That's a logo win. Kentucky hasn't beat those teams in forever. That's all that matters, man. You look, you're gonna look up. Kentucky was nine and three, nine and four, ten and three at the end of the year. That's all. And you're gonna remember the wins. You're gonna remember the Florida win at home. You're gonna remember the LSU win at home. And you're gonna remember going to Louisville and beating the brakes off of them again for the third year in a row. Oh man. Love beating the brakes off of them. It's so much fun. Gosh. And it just, like, we talked about it. It was the ultimate kind of tilt moment for both programs. You're either going backwards or make – you're either making a big jump back or a big jump forward, no matter who won and lost that game. Kentucky gets all this momentum, hit the recruiting trail. Hey, coach, signs a contract extension. You're about to sign the best class of program history. Everything's going your way. You hit on a quarterback. That's going to be, like, a huge talking point in the summer. When we go to media days, Will Levis is going to be one of the most popular oh, guys there. Yep. Now Louisville takes a step back. They can return everybody, but everybody's like, well, what for? We just went six and six. You know, we're not very good right now. And now you're, you know, fans are publicly wondering if they should just fire the coach now. It's just the total, like, that's what that game does at the end of the year when you have it like that. Oh, that's man. why I think it's best there. That's so where much all, fun. all it, rivalry games should be. It does take away our summer of fun. Um, because we, it was a lot of fun doing right. You know, having that like three months of just 
smack talk. There's a little bit more uncertainty. I like this, though, that Louisville, they can win just enough games in a very bad ACC that they they, they believe that they can be Kentucky. It's great. It's hilarious. And then uh, what happens? Kentucky just Satterfield's just good enough to give them hope. I mean, that's what it's seeming like right now. Yep, and that's what we until love. Until he adjusts his roster construction strategy, um, because I'm a fan of his play calling in, in game, but until he adjusts like how he goes about building a roster and how he goes about attracting talent, you know, it's just, he's just gonna be good enough to give you hope. Like he's just he's gonna get you to six and six, seven and five. Um, maybe you could sneak up on a team um, because of his because of their um, development and X and O acumen. But when you play a team that's going to be ready for you, like like when Kentucky's ready for you, it's going to be tough to win. Man. This is and funny. I don't want to hear about Clemson. I don't want to hear about the Clemson stuff. Because that was another thing. That, oh, well, we play Clemson close. I don't understand how we can. Well, they stink this year. You should have beat them. I mean, like, if you haven't been watching, well, one, Clemson's got, like, a thousand injuries. Most of their team's out. They can't run the football at all. They're one of the worst rushing offenses in the season. DJU lost his talents. Monstars came and took him when Georgia <laughs> just giving him nightmares. That's uh, Jordan Davis got him. In <laughs> and then their defense has just had, you know, a rash of injuries. And, like, Kentucky just – they might be, you know, I would – Kentucky, I don't know if they'd be favored, but I think Kentucky would be Clemson on neutral field. So – Take that for what it's worth. Man. Whew. This is exhilarating. An exhilarating day. An exhilarating time to be a Kentucky football fan. We're going to find out Sunday exactly where the Wildcats are going bowling. Um, it's going to be somewhere in Florida. We'll be there. Can't wait to get some rays of sunshine, whether it's on the beach in Tampa or in Florida. Back Watch the mayor of Louisville play one more football game the 2021 season. Man, mayor of Levisville. Uh, <laughs> they changed the name to Levisville. Uh, right. His L's down shirt that he wore to the Pennant yeah, Deep show, they that. tweeted out, oh, that is fantastic. fantastic the, uh, the Lamar hurdle, though, on them, on Louisville. Oh, my goodness. Dude, his – um. I actually thought the juke was maybe even more entertaining yeah, that was than his the best hurdle. Move of the year. <laughs> and that's you one look, of those better – or not better players, but he hit – there was like a nick, their nickel Sam guy, and he just – Poor guy. Yeah. That was oh, just insult man. to injury. Well, things are going to be fun. They're going to be only getting crazier from here. Um, we'll be back next week to talk about bowl games and I'm sure some official visitors that happened uh, before we do a signing day preview the following week. Um and then as soon as signing day hits, I might need to take two or three days off. This has been crazy. <laughs> it's been crazy. But Mark Stoops is here to say he ain't going nowhere. And we aren't either. We aren't either. Just gonna need be a wrecking ball. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll be back next week with more. Until then, go Cats and go Kroger. With 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.